You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Well, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good thunderstorm, good whatever. Welcome to Geekiest Show Ever 150. Yes, folks, 150 episodes. Now, that's not 150 episodes with your favorite co-hosts. It is 150 episodes of Geekiest Show Ever. Uh, we will actually hit 100 episodes ourselves, as, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, when we get to 154. But, in the meantime, we have back with us our dear, dear friend, and yes, he is five-thirds a Beatle. <laughs> he is Mr. Mike McPeak. Welcome back, Mike. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. I just hope they don't ask that extra two-thirds of a Beatle back. That could be kind of awkward. <laughs> yeah, you could. You don't want to be divvying up your Beatle all over the place. No, no, that'd just be wrong. Yes, it would be terribly wrong. So we'll mention in advance, uh, uh, Mike is uh, in an area where there's currently a thunderstorm warning, severe thunderstorm warning. Yes, there is. There's a big red dot heading towards us. So, so, so Mike may drop off. He he may have to crawl under the desk. We hope nothing bad <laughs> happens, but hopefully uh, everything will be good for him. Uh, thunderstorms have already passed through my area, but I'm still waiting for it to cool down because it has been miserably hot and humid here all week. We've been up in the lower to mid-90s, and it has been humid as all. You walk outside and you start sweating every place. Yeah, it's been hot and humid here today, um, and we've been, this part of the country, not specifically um, uh, South Dakota, but um, we've been having thunderstorms roll through, um, I think the town, of, I think it was Westington Springs, uh, tornado touchdown, and um, yeah, I think it was Westington Springs, uh, tornado touchdown ripped up the town pretty good. Um, Sioux City, where my daughter lives, Sioux City, Iowa, had storms rolling through, and she freaks out during thunderstorms. Um, and so she was kind of calling me up, and I was trying to talk her down a little bit and calm her down. Um, and they got flash flooding going on down there. And, um, oh, you know, this, you know, this part of the country, we've had two towns uh, almost literally destroyed by tornadoes. Now, granted, they were small towns. Uh, the town of Manchester made it on the Weather Channel. Um, they actually did a special about it. Uh, there's only like five or six people in the town, but still, when a tornado go- rolls through and wipes out a town, that is rather noteworthy. Um, and then the other one was, um, oh, great, now I'm blanking on it, a little <laughs> town west of Mitchell. Uh, oh. s- same thing, it uh, rolled through there and wiped it out. So, you know, this is, uh, let's just say the weather's interesting out here. We can get <laughs> blown away in the summertime and frozen to death in the wintertime, so... That works out well. You've got the little extremes there. It just keeps you happy and, and keeps you on your toes. On your toes, yeah. That's the happy part. Well, I don't know. Um, as long as we're getting severe weather, I prefer summer. I know that's not your time of season. No, but, no, uh, no. And and uh, uh, another shout-out again to uh, uh, our friend Elisa Paselli over at Three Geeky Ladies. Um, I know she would be adoring the weather we're having down there. Actually, I think the part of the country she's in, she's probably getting this nice warm weather. We've had some terrible gully wash or rains. What was really interesting is in all the years I've been making my commute, and I've been driving back and forth, same basic drive uh, for 25, 20, about 25 years. And there's... I. There's this one part of the road that I drive on. I have never in my entire life see it seen it flood, ever. Well, last week twice it flooded, and when it flooded, I'm talking it got like four feet of water on the road. <laughs> it 
it was a lot of water. Oh, yeah. We, we had flooding up here. Uh, parts of Interstate 29, I think, south of Sioux Falls had to be shut down because of flooding. Uh, my niece was going from Sioux Falls to where she lives. It's about a 35-mile trip that took her an hour and a half because she had to drive around all the flooding roads. And the thing here, South Dakota is fairly flat. But the thing is, when you get a lot of rain and it comes down and it starts hitting these uh, gullies, and we we only have like a couple rivers in the whole state, but you start hitting all these low spots and it starts funneling through there, you get flash floods really quick. Just the water rises up and, you know, there's nothing there to slow it down. So, um, And then where my wife's folks originally are from uh, down around Elk Point and uh, Akron, Iowa. Um, they had the flood, the uh, river was rising there. That's Big Sioux River. It was rising, and they're putting sandbags in and trying to protect the town. So, um, like I say, even though this is a fairly flat state, we can get uh, flooding uh, certain areas rather quickly and rather easily. Well, now, for us, this is, I mean, we get flash flooding around here, too. Um, it's not very flat here. I mean, I live in between the Blue Ridge and the Appalachian Mountains, so it's not very flat, but what was interesting was, again, in, in all the years, and we've had some gully wa- many gully washers before, but, I mean, it was like two inches of rain in just, you know, like a half hour or an hour or something, you get that much rain. And it was really funny that one evening I was coming home, and they have along the highway, and this is a six-lane highway, you know, and they have these concrete water stormwater channels to for the water to come down the hills, into the storm drains, and, you know, eventually down into the creeks and the rivers and stuff around here but it was raining so hard and so much water was coming down this one i could see it coming down the channel it was hitting the splash guard and then shooting back up in the air like a giant fountain about 15 feet in the air and then coming out into the road from there because it couldn't funnel the water away but what it turns out is where this where the where route 7 flooded out this is near Leesburg Virginia if anybody's interested and there is some pictures in one of the local newspapers if I think about it I'll put it in the show notes um there what happened what I think they finally found out is a couple of the storm drains had gotten some plastic or something down in them and it blocked them up so this little stretch about 100 feet of road there was nowhere for the water to run and it's just a little low spot it just filled up, and there's pictures of the speed limit signs where they're just above the water. <laughs> and they had to wait there and just let the water run off. They, could, you know, there was nothing they could do with it. And they had, then they had to go in and clean up the road. And 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 now I think they're going back in and check all the storm drains and stuff to make sure there's nothing else stopping them up. Oh yeah, weather gets to be really fun. Uh, like I say, out here now, like our house, we've had a flood in the basement once, and th- that. And that was just because we hadn't put the downspouts on. The, we got extensions we put on our downspouts, so it goes off to the side of the house. We had, hadn't got them out there yet, and we had like a four-inch rain. And so you had all the water, four inches of rain on the ground, and all the water coming off the roof um, down the storm drains. And it was just kind of going uphill and then coming back towards the house. So we woke up in the middle of the night, and there's water in the basement, and um we're on top of a hill, and uh, it's on top of a gravel knoll is what it is, so the water should run away. So we've never had anything to get water out of the basement, so I had to go running up to the school, and I got their wet vac. So I'm running around here. It's a five-gallon wet vac. So I'm running around here in the basement trying to suck up water. Well, you can't very well pour it down the drain, so my son and I are carrying it up the steps, taking it outside, draining it, coming back down. We had to do that several times, like about 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my uh, God. 
trying to do that with water running all over the place. And so, yeah, we were freaking out a little bit. And so, yeah, now we're really diligent. Make sure we get the extensions on the um, uh, downspouts before it really starts raining. Well, now I'm fortunate. I'm built into the side of a hill, so the yard slopes, you know, away from the house in all directions. But I still put those extensions on, especially on the one place, because I don't want the water, it'll lay in the driveway, and every once in a while a little bit of it will come in the garage. It doesn't flood the garage. You know, you get a little bit of water coming in the garage, you know, a couple feet, not deep, but a couple feet in the door and stuff like that. So I do put those on, unless we're about to get, unless like a couple times when we've gotten hit by hurricanes, then I put the extensions on all the downspouts to make sure that water goes completely away from the house. <laughs> but uh, my and my basement, fortunately, is out of the ground in the back of the house. So, and I have floor drains and stuff that I put in that drain down and out to the back of the house. So, um, I tried to think ahead when I built the house, but you know that's not saying I'm a hundred percent protected mm. by any stretch of the imagination. Well, there's always going to be that one thing that bites you in the butt. That's true. It's always something. Um, speaking of something, uh, Mark and I were talking on last week's episode, uh, and we talked a little bit about it, and then it was mainly towards the end. We were talking about WWDC, and I haven't talked to you since WWDC came out. So I was wondering, what were your impressions of all the new stuff announced at WWDC? Give me now. Right now. Oh, I, I, I guess if I wanted to fork over the money, I could uh, get, well, no, it's even free. You can get a uh, developer account and you can download the beta software, but running beta software in, on your equipment that you use all the time is not a smart idea. But there's lots of interesting things that I see there. Uh, like, uh, it'll be really interesting. Uh, was it the handoff feature, I think they called it? Uh, no, that's where you start something on, like, your iPad. You can pick it up and start it on your uh, Oh, continuity. Yeah, okay, continuity. Uh, yeah, where you start it on your iPad and you can finish it on your Mac or something like that. The one I thought was really interesting, although I've kind of moved away from it, I wish they would have had it a few years ago, where if your phone rings, it'll go to different devices. Mm-hmm. Because um, sometimes when I'm at work, uh, what I used to do, uh, before I got uh, the iPhone, I would have my iPod Touch, and I'd be listening to music on there. Well, I kind of like my music loud, and if I'm vacuuming anyway, I wouldn't necessarily hear the phone ring. It would have been nice um, if the phone would ring, and then it would send it by Bluetooth to the uh, uh, iPod Touch, so I could pick up the phone and answer it there. I wouldn't have to be fumbling around. Well, I've kind of just gotten to the point now. I've got a 16-gig iPhone, and so I'm just kind of managing the music. I only put on playlists that you know I think I want to listen to. I listen to my podcasts on there. So that's kind of become a moot point. But there's times I do kind of wish I had like a 64-gig iPhone that I could put all my music on and you know podcasts and that kind of stuff. Just have an entertainment device and then leave my phone so I could put more apps and do more picture-taking and stuff like that. So something like that would have been nice. Um, i got to stop and think what they've uh, – I didn't get – I kind of just put it out of my mind because it's not going to do any good to uh, sit there and think about it until they get it released. So now I have I don't quite remember what all they talked about. Well, now, see, the one thing, and I talked about it last week on the show, and Mark was, I, I made a noise about because I was so excited about that. I'm really looking forward to digging into the new programming language they announced, Swift. Yeah, I have dabbled in programming in the past, not anything horribly serious, but it would be 
that kind of intrigues me because I keep thinking it would be nice to sit down and play around with programming. I guess my problem is I just don't know. I need a vision of something to program. If I have the, uh, if I can see it, and then maybe I can, um, you know, then I'll get excited about programming it. Well, now uh, the, the good thing, well, the vision. You mean the end product that you want to come? Yeah, up with? right. You know what's the what's you know, what's the Stephen Covey? Start with the end in mind. What are you trying to get to? Right, is, is what you're talking about. Not the fact that this new language does allow you to immediately see the results of the code you're writing. Right, the, the playground thing. That's that's not the part you're talking about. No, no. Yeah, I just yeah, I need the you know a vision of some sort of a program. Uh, yeah, like I say, the end product. Then once I do that, because most of, by the time I think of something, somebody else has already done it or it's too darn complicated for me to do. Now, what I was, um, and this is probably about, I suppose about 20 years ago now, I was on my uh, good old Tandy color computer. Uh, I had this uh, vision then of writing like farming uh, software for farming, uh, being able to keep track of bookkeeping and accounting and record keeping like uh crop records and livestock records and all a big unified computer was a you know <laughs> a grand undertaking but uh, i was uh, experimenting with a few different things i was kind of messing around with pascal and uh learning that and i picked up a, a database language which was similar to uh, dbase if anybody remembers that oh yeah yeah, and so I was trying to do a few things there, but then eventually I kind of realized I was in over my head because I um, I had taken some accounting in high school, but not only enough to be dangerous here. <laughs> and so I was giving myself headaches trying to get things figured out and trying to make things work. So I eventually, you know, just gave up and walked away. But that's when I was – that was the time I tried to do something with uh, programming. And then that was about the time that C started taking off, and I – uh, got a um, C compiler. Yeah, I think I got a C compiler for my color computer, and I got a book on trying to learn C pro, uh, programming. But that is just one harsh language. It, it's not friendly. I need something that I can visually look at and make sense of. That's why I kind of like Pascal. You know, I, I think Pascal is one of the few languages I don't recall ever fooling around with i did i've mentioned on the show before i was a COBOL programmer for a long time that's how i earned my living and then um i've done visual basic i haven't done any visual basic for a long time i've done a little bit of pearl not much um used to program in dbase 3 plus all the time uh and then i also did uh basic just the regular basic programming and i'm trying to think i did a little rpg back in the day that's a, I think that's pretty much proprietary to IBM, if memory serves me correctly. Um, that was on an AS400 mainframe. And um, I think that's the majority of the languages. I, I mean, I've dabbled around in uh, uh, Objective-C. Um, I didn't get very far. I've dabbled in Ruby. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I've played around with. I, can, I know a little bit of Java, enough to be dangerous. Um, but the the Swift programming language has me ver- has my interest peaked, and I I downloaded the uh, free book. I think it's like a thousand page book that they put out free in the iBook store to read. So I think uh, that'll be my summer reading thing. Is what I'll read that. Yes, I'm just that pathetic and geeky, folks. <laughs> I will sit down and read a, a programming book over the summer. But 
you know, it's something to do. And I knew you did do a little bit of programming, so I didn't know whether you might be interested in reading that or not. Oh, yeah, I think I might be. Um, I, like I said, I kind of toyed with the idea because I just kind of... I, I like to create things, and um, like I said, I did kind of m- mess around with uh, programming a little bit, and maybe if I could get that, that vision that I need for whatever program it is, I think, and maybe, I don't know, I haven't looked, uh, maybe I ought to go explore the agricultural uh, uh, software and see what's out there. I'm pretty sure there's probably better stuff than what I could write. But Well, you know, here's a thought, and I'll just think out loud. Maybe at some point you and I collaborate on a project. Ooh, that would be cool. Maybe I mean, if you got a vision, that would certainly help me. So I mean, we could we could set up a, an online uh, development envi- uh, uh, development environment, you know, work back and forth, and maybe we could come up with. I mean, I've got an idea for an app. It wouldn't apply to the agricultural community, but um, I have an idea for an app that I've I've seen a few other people do, but they haven't done it the way I want to do it. So if I ever get time, I have that and. You you intrigued me. I tried writing a, a CRM one time, customer relationship management system. That mm. was a royal pain in the ass. Um, well, then I had an idea for in um, uh, oh the uh, basic language I was using. No, I guess it was Pascal. Well, actually, I think it was this one right here. As I hold up to the camera for Kevin to see, but nobody else can see. Basic uh, 09 tour guide. Yeah, for the uh, that was for that uh, OS nine uh, operating system for the Tandy color computer. Ah, not, not to be confused with Apple's OS nine. They appropriated that name. They're good at that. Actually, I think it. What well, they didn't call it OS nine. They called it System nine, or was it OS nine? No, I think it was OS nine. I'm pretty. There was a. They had a kerfuffle because uh, the uh, this OS nine for the uh, well, it wasn't just for the color computer. It was for sixty eight. Um, 68,000 uh, series Motorola chips. Um, that was a little company down in Iowa called Microware. And there was, um, and they had the name first, and then Apple came along, and I'm pretty sure they called it OS9. And okay. I think they had to do a little, uh, uh, I think there was a court case involved. Yeah, I, I that's what I, my brain's frying out now. I can't remember when they switched from, because like I have that old, uh, uh, Mac Classic, and I've posted videos and stuff that still runs, folks, as I've said before. Still has Word and Excel, After Dark Screensaver, and everything on it. Um, it's running System 7, but at some point in there, and I, it's escaping me, they quit, they quit calling it System Number and did switch to OS and a number. Yeah, Mac OS 9. Oh, that was it, the first one, though. Yep. So uh, System and 8 they, and then became OS 9. Yep, and then it went to OS ten, OS X, or whatever it's called. And we're about to go ten ten here uh, this fall with uh, Yosemite, and that is how you pronounce it, folks. It is Yosemite, not Yosemite, as I've heard some people say. <laughs> those 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 varmints, <laughs> Yosemite Sam. So uh, that's true. I hadn't thought about that. That's the relationship to it. Yeah, the. Uh, the uh, the the cartoon character, the Looney Tunes character, Yosemite Sam. Yeah. Matter, matter of fact, I have a Yosemite Sam T-shirt that uh, I have somewhere. I've worn. I think Mike might have seen it when I wore it a couple times when we were chatting online. But uh, anyway, well, the, it, was there anything else about WWDC that uh, tweaked your or peaked not tweaked peaked your <laughs> interest? P- uh, uh, let's see, peaked my interest. Um, 
Oh, I don't know. Like say, I, I listened to it, and there is some interesting things there. Um, oh, the the family sharing thing um, would be kind of nice because my wife and I each have iPhones, and it would be nice. We don't buy too many apps, but it would be nice if we do. You know, buy some apps we could share them. Well, what you have to do is log out of one account and into the other account. Um, and I haven't figured out the whole. I think somebody have uh, there's a few podcasts that have done shows on how to properly set up iTunes accounts for your phones, um, and I maybe should have listened to them. But you know, each each phone has to basically have its own account, uh, so you aren't getting each other's mail and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I don't know. Anyway, if we could each have separate accounts, we'd still be able to share apps. Um, and that would be the only thing because I'm getting away from iTunes for buying movies and music and such. I'm actually kind of starting to embrace Amazon a little bit more, which might maybe be um, a subject for maybe a future episode or something like that. But um, I'm kind of, but just the being able to share apps between the two phones and uh, you know share whatever else that seemed rather intriguing. Yeah, I I mean I'm I'm due for a new phone this year, so I'm holding off to see what they announce. Um, I've been hope my phone and my phone is gonna. I have a. I, people are gonna laugh. I still have an iPhone four, um, but it still works and it does everything, and I'm happy with it. Um, and I've just been too cheap to push the envelope and get another one. But since they're dropping with iOS eight, since it's dropping support for the four, I'm not gonna hang on to it. I will switch over to. Uh, Whatever new phone I can uh, muster up the 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 courage to to get purchased, so we'll we'll see what that works out to be. It might be a little later this year, but I will have to get. I mean, I can't really complain. I've used the phone for was three years last month. Oh, yeah, three years in May or April. April since I had the phone, so pretty much gotten the use out of it. You can't say I haven't. Well, yeah, and um, we only bought. Uh, our phone a year ago, a little over a year ago, but um, I don't know. We'll have to see if they. The one thing I and we bought our phones outright. We went through Walmart. We got a straight talk um, phone plan, and so we had to buy the phone. So yeah, it was a little pricey up front to do that. And so, and I think the the only thing they had was sixteen. Wished I could have gotten a, a higher capacity phone because. Like I said, for music and then listening to podcasts, I kind of have to sit there every once in a while. And I, I guess I'm lazy. I guess I just don't want to have to go through there and, well, you know, I'll get rid of this. And, you know, I, I don't want to have to actually manage it. I just want to have a room <laughs> on there. And from time, and then once in a while, just go through it. And I haven't used this app. I mean, I do clean house a little bit. It's not like I just pile everything up in the corner. Um <laughs> And just until, you know, you, you know, like a hoarder or something like that, I do go through and clean stuff out. But I just don't want to have to it be a part of, oh, I want, you know, to download this playlist, so I have to get rid of this and this and this. And I don't want to have to get into that kind of management of things or check to make sure that I haven't downloaded too many podcasts or something like that. You know, you might want to check out, I glanced at an article this morning uh, on Lifehacker, one of my favorite sites, which I've said that before, too. Uh, how did... It was written by, I think, Thorin Kozlowski. Um, it's an article about how to manage or make the best use of a 16-gigabyte phone. And he was talking uh, iPhone in particular is what he was talking about. And I think I had read that. And um, 
there's some things, like I say, the music, well, even the podcasts, um, if I could, uh, you know, if I could, they won't let me uh, hook my phone up to the Wi-Fi at school. If I could do that, then I could stream music and I could stream podcasts. That would make things a lot easier. Um, but uh, I'm not allowed to anyway. So um, I got basically, if I want to listen to anything, it's got to be on my phone. Uh, but if I could stream, that would certainly make things a lot better. And uh, and I could store, and I do that to a point. Um, I use make use of Dropbox. Well, actually, I have. Dropbox, I have a box account, mm-hmm. I have a Windows Live account, and a Google account. So I've got a whole bunch of uh, different storage uh, options there. So I could be storing stuff in the cloud, but if I got to be doing it over my um, cellular plan, and I think, well, I think uh, Straight Talk upped it now, I think it's three gigs, they call it unlimited, but I think uh, you get up to three gigs and then they'll start to throttle you. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. the, well, the um, of course, the other thing is to get something like, uh, I showed you this, I think, the other week that I got, this might be a little too big, the Mo- Ken- Kingston Mobile Light. Okay. This is a, uh, a device that you can put a, an SD card in uh, or a thumb drive or actually both. Right, and it sets up a little mini uh, network, and you can stream media right off of those things. Yes, yeah, see, I've got one of those too. Through um, let's see, I bought it at Amazon. I'm trying to oh, a Rav Rav Power, um, and it's got the SD card slot. It's got the USB, so you could put a. Um, uh, um, I haven't tried it with my. Ex- external hard drive but you could put like a thumb drive in it it's yeah. also an external battery so you can yeah. use it to power the phone yeah and it's supposed to run that. like it's supposed to run five hours i have done that too the only problem you know i should try it and see for sure you have to hook it up to its network and i don't know if that would block out the 3g then i don't think it does in any of okay. these devices but okay. it might be worth trying i mean this would be kind of big mm-hmm. to carry around in your pocket because this is about the size of a, oh, probably about the size of a MiFi plus a little bit, um, and a well, little see, bit thicker. Well, see the one that I've got, it's about uh, about the thickness of my iPhone because I've got a um, um, oh um, OtterBox case on it, so it's about that thick. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, I think that's probably a better analogy. This is about the length and the thickness of your phone that you just showed me. Okay. Yeah, and see that one that I've got is a little bit bigger than that. Yeah, it's a little bit bigger than the uh, iPhone in an OtterBox case. Um, probably, you know, uh, maybe about a half inch wider and a half inch taller, but it's more or less that size. So, and I've got, well, I'm a geek and I'm not afraid to show it. Um, <laughs> I carry my little carpenter's. Uh, it's a little carpenter's pouch is what it is, but it's got yeah. a couple of pockets in there. So I've got one pocket that I keep my iPhone in. The other pocket I put the battery thing in. Uh, and I've got a couple places for pens and things like that. So I've got stuff with me if I need it. So it's right there. And I have used that, and I have used it to play music. Um, it's just, um, I don't know. <sighs> If there was a better way, and maybe, I don't know, maybe there, I should look to see if there's software. Uh, I like playlists. Um, and it's kind of, I like iTunes for creating playlists, especially the genius um, playlists, where you pick like a song and then have it create a song around around that. 
Stay, yeah, station or a playlist around it, yeah. Right. Uh, I like those because then it kind of, because I got a lot of music that I don't listen to all the time, but if it's it kind of fits the theme, because sometimes I like some, you know, nice kind of hard driving type of music to kind of keep me going. Other times I like a little more mellow stuff, but if I got something that'll kind of create a playlist and dip into the stuff that I haven't listened to for a while, um, and then I get to experience some other stuff that, um, because I, I kind of fall into habits once in a while and listen to the same stuff over and over again. And if I kind of branch out a little bit, I hear some different things. So I, I do like that. And it puts some interesting stuff in there. Uh, it comes up with some interesting mix. If there was just some way I could export, um, well, there is a way you can export them. You can just grab them and pull them out. But then you, if you put them into folders for each playlist, then you have duplicate songs on there. Uh, if you know the playlists overlap or something like yeah. that, so it's kind of wasteful. It's kind of if I just had a better way to manage the music um, on there because it's got a built-in music player in the app. Yeah, I got to get a special app for that um, that thing to work. If yeah, that's I wish Apple would allow. I really wish the iPhone had a. Uh, um, SD card slot. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Everybody yes. and their brother wants one of those. You know, right. fun, I haven't looked at the, uh, as we record this, I guess it was yesterday or the day before, Amazon announced their new phone, the Fire something or Firebird. I can't remember what they call it. I think it. it's the Fire Phone. Firefly, maybe, or something like that? Well, there's the Fire Phone and then Firefly. Because, like I said, I'm kind of in bed with Amazon right now, so I get all their advertisement. Firefly. Yeah, think of it kind of like Shazam, if you uh, know that app, where you can it'll listen to music and tell you what the song is. Oh, uh, okay. It'll so it'll do it for um, uh, music. It'll do it for television shows. And then, hey, by golly, you know what? We have those shows on and music on Amazon. If you'd like to buy them, <laughs> yeah. not that I'm cynical, because I mean, I'm Amazon is my crack uh, cocaine right now. Oh, I, uh, yeah, I know it's terrible. It's uh... You see something, and it's like, oh, well, we can get you a discount today. That's how I ended up with the Kingston Mobile Light. I had looked at it several times and how Amazon does, and they'll say, we've noticed you've looked at this in the past. And today only, it's a gold box special for, you know, whatever. It's like, okay, fine, I'll buy the damn thing then. <laughs> yeah, I get those, and I try to stay strong, and I actually have $50 of credit because I cashed in some of my points on one of my credit cards, so I've actually got a $50 credit, and then I have... Uh, Amazon's credit card, so every time I use that, I rack up dollars there, too. So I've got some stuff to buy things, and I've just been sitting on it for a few weeks now because it's you know like a special gift, um, and I just, I'm just i trying to find the right thing to use it on. I just haven't made up my mind yet. Well, then, you, then you hear this, buy me, buy me, the little, the little call, the, uh, the points and stuff out there waiting for you to spend them. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's kind of like... Uh, get behind me, Satan. I mean, I'll make up my mind when I'm ready here. Now I'm picturing Jeff Bezos dressed as the, the devil sitting on your shoulder. <laughs> I actually, I think they've been comparing him to Lex Luthor. but <laughs> Well, you know, it works out well. Either way, it works good for yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> kind of an evil genius. So, Well, you know, uh, I think I'm, I mentioned it last week on the show, and I teased it with you. I got a Google Chromecast um, that I haven't fooled with, but... You know, I'm curious to see where Amazon goes with the uh, their new streaming set-top box uh, and see if they turn it into a game console. Well, uh, well no, they already did. I shouldn't say if they do, but what the games are like. 
yeah, how good uh, the controller is and all that stuff. Yeah, that one's been kind of uh, intriguing me because my wife and I both have um, Fire tablets. And then she saw the ad on the TV, uh, and so I've had to try and explain things to her. The one where the guy, oh, I want to show these pictures I have on my tablet on the TV, and he just, um, yeah, uh, calls, well, yeah, he calls up uh, the, um, oh, um, oh, now I'm blanking, the, their service. You push a button, Mayday button, and you talk to the person, and they help you get it set up and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he throws her up on the screen. Say hi to everybody. Everybody's going hi. And she said, "Well, I can't see you, but hello." <laughs> yeah, that's the one. And so, and she thought it was just a matter of getting an app. And I said, "Well, no. It's also you have to have some sort of receiver, either something built into the TV, which ours isn't, because ours is about mm, four years old or something like that, uh, or you have to have some sort of receiver. And you can't exactly do it with a Chromecast because Fire uh, uses Miracast." Um, I've been educating myself a little bit here as I go along. Miracast, basically, you're mirroring things from your tablet to the screen of the, the TV. Yeah. So if you shut, uh, turn off the tablet, then the stuff on the TV is going to stop. Whereas with the Chromecast, I think once you get it started, then the Chromecast kind of takes over and runs stuff. So then you can do different things with your phone or your tablet. Well, one of the things that intrigues me about setting up the Chromecast, and I... I'm going to do it here shortly. I just haven't had a, f a free weekend where I can fool around so I can get up to speed on it. Is there's a lot of times I'll be sitting here, the whole family will be here in the room, and I'll find something on the computer and I want to share it with them. Well, with the Chromecast, it'll be very easy. I just, you know, say, uh, put it out through Chrome. I can just call up the, you know, the web page or whatever it is and just throw it, to, throw it over on the television and let them watch it. So, excuse me. Well, if it's... If it's video, uh, there's things that I can do. Uh, my uh, Google TV box, I think I've talked about that a little bit. That'll kind of do the same thing. And I'm really disappointed. It's a, and I think I've gone into it before, but um, it's a really neat idea where it'll put an overlay over top of your, your cable uh, television so you don't have to be switching inputs if you want to watch uh, Hulu or Netflix or something like that. You can do it from all, all within the same box. It's a neat idea, but the hardware implementation, it freezes up. It's kind of jerk, uh, kind of slow sometimes. It's really kind of frustrating, but that would have been the thing because then you don't have to be, oh, if we want to watch Roku, we got to switch over to this HDMI input and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, this I, I think of more in this terms like uh, when I was looking at those pictures of that, uh, the flood I was talking about earlier. And I was trying to explain to my wife where it was, and I said, well, let me show you. I, I could have just called up the article that I was talking about where it had the pictures and thrown it up on the big screen TV and everybody could see instead of her having to get up out of her comfortable chair and walk across the room here and, and see it. Mm. Not that that's a terrible inconvenience, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's easy. And then everybody could have seen it without everybody crowding around my desk or something like that. So, um, you know, and then if I want to share pictures that I'm editing or a picture that somebody in the family sent me, it's easier that way. And yes, people, I know I can get an Apple TV and do a lot of this sort of stuff. I just can't get settled in on an Apple TV. I've said that many times. If they would start adding, well, and the frustrating thing is they have all the uh, TV apps on the phone um, for the different television channels, ABC, NBC, CBS. If they would put that on the Apple TV box, I might be on that in a minute. Um because then I, I, I 
said before, I want to be able to watch the stuff on my schedule, not when it shows up on on TV. And yeah. that's kind of frustrating. And I, what I've settled on now, I think, is um, I got uh, bought that the Play On um, TV app. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's an application. The problem is you got to run it on a Windows computer. They don't have anything for Mac. Well, yeah. I yeah, I know. But I've got my my Hackintosh here, which I've now I'm running on Windows right now. Um, but um, that will allow me to uh, you, you buy it, and there's different levels. You can buy it like so much for a month or. Or you know, per month, I bought the lifetime subscription because they had a sale on it. But then basically, you you run the app on your uh, Windows box, and then um, you uh, can it'll act like a server. So then you can hook your Roku box to it, um, the uh, iPad, the iPhone, a lot of different. My Google TV will uh, run off it, and then that. One, um, First of all, it'll go. It's got all the standards: Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, um, and all a lot of the television channels. And that seems to work pretty good because I've tried doing it on my Plex server, which works good. But sometimes that has problems streaming or something like that. Whereas I haven't had any problems with the Play On server yet. And then they have um, what they call Play Later, which is basically a DVR for online content. So then, what you can do is with uh, the uh, the play on uh, play later technology. If there's a TV show you want to watch and you aren't going to be near the internet, you can download it to your tablet or whatever, and then you can watch it later. And I got to see how that works because uh, that would be really sweet if I. Uh, I don't know if you got to watch it on the play on app for it to work because they were talking about using um, uh, being able to sync it to different devices. Well, I know uh, I'm a Comcast subscriber here, and their Comcast app, I can I can time shift television. It's not actually even coming off my DVR. It's just coming straight from their servers. I'm streaming it from their servers for, you know, several of the shows, but not everything. Um, yeah, and this is a lot of the television channels that I like to watch. There's maybe one or two on there that don't work. Um but everything else seems to work pretty well. Um, and like I say, it was the, the watch later aspect that I really wanted. And then this, if I can save it to something and, and be able to carry it with me. So like if my wife's shopping plunked down into uh, uh, the subway in Walmart and just wait for her there and watch something. <laughs> That's exactly what I was picturing you doing when you said that. I said, I could see Mike following his wife into Walmart and going, oh, I'm going to go over here and look. And she just disappears into the store. And then you go over and find a bench and sit down and get comfortable. That's basically what I do. And this um, play on is offering a uh, special. Uh, the one that I had, I got their lifetime uh, subscription, which was one time I think I paid uh, $60 for it. Uh, but then you get, you download it and you have access to their their service because they validate you with all the uh, all these things. And then for a few extra bucks, I threw on their HD so I can watch everything in HD. But their special this month is you can get um, the play on and play later feature feature, and then you get a free Chromecast with it. Oh, that's a pretty good deal. 
Yeah, I wish I would have waited a month for that, but um well, isn't that what always is what always happens, you know? You oh, I'm jump, sure. You jump in and then suddenly somebody has a deal on something else. Oh yeah, yeah, you're always if you wait for a deal, you know, you're always going to be disappointed, but uh and this solves a, a problem I've been having that the Google TV box, they weren't able to work out a deal with Hulu, so I wasn't able to watch any Hulu shows on there, but I used the play on uh setup, then I can watch Hulu on my my Google TV so I can watch basically anything I, I want to. I got Netflix, I got Hulu, I got my Amazon Prime membership, uh, and plus all the TV channels. So I shouldn't have to, I think I'm going to event, uh, I think I'm giving up my, um, I, I had in my past on, on my Hackintosh set up a DVR recording system. Well, there's problems with that and you know, it didn't work as well as I wanted it to, but if this will work, this will probably be my final solution, and um, I'm just going to have the the TV tuner, which is just a USB stick that you plug in. But I'll have that around here. I don't know if I want to necessarily do something like that or not, but I've got it. So, well, it's always something you can explore. I mean, and and speaking of entertainment, there was um, something else you and I had talked about before the show. Maybe talking a little bit about. Actually, you brought it up was the uh, talking about games and stuff. But you didn't say how or what you were talking about with games. Well, uh, let me start out with a little bit of a story here. Um, <laughs> we're helping my... Yeah, well, it's kind of... This will probably irritate Mark, because it has to do with getting away oh, from oh, physical please, please, media. Please, oh. please irritate Mark. <laughs> yeah, I'm ex-lax for Mark. I'm going to irritate the crap out of him. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad picture. Anyway, yeah. uh, we're helping my uh, mother-in-law move, and so she's going from about a 4X house down to a 1X apartment. And she is like the Mount Everest of indecision. She just, she's trying to, she doesn't want to, doesn't know if she should get rid of this or get rid of that or something. You know, and, and so we, we're trying to drag her and you know, gently coerce her into doing the things that she needs to do. Well, that got me to thinking, um, I don't want my kids to have to uh, go through all that when you know, whenever the time comes. Hopefully, you know, forty, fifty years down the road, whatever. I'm optimistic here, um, <laughs> but and I got looking around here, and we got our basement is kind of crammed full of stuff, um, and so I, I'm just going through there and I'm pitching things, and um, I, I had to be strong, but I knew I didn't need them anymore. I went and pitched out all the manuals for my old color computer. Because I found, oh. you can, uh, but you know what? You can go to Internet uh, Archive, um, yeah, Internet Archive, and they got a lot of them in PDF form. Oh. So, yeah, I, and I just kind of calm myself by going, if I really want to want them, they're online and they don't take up any space there, or you know, not physical space anyway. Uh, so, okay, I got rid of that, but I'm going to keep my color computer, my because eventually I'd like to make like, well, maybe not a shrine, but a, a little. Um, Memento wall or something like that. My two color computers. I got my uh, father-in-law's um, SX60 Commodore computer. That was the the big old luggable one with the screen and the keyboard built into it. And then uh, Timex 1000. Kind of yep. you know interesting early computers. Yep. So I kind of want to put them out there. But I, I threw away the manuals. I threw away a bunch of old eight track tapes because I kind of figured. Even when they were new, they barely sounded good sometimes. <laughs> you know, if they didn't track quite true, you could listen to say, uh, two songs at the same time. Because I had this notion, well, I'll just 
copy them from there into digital media, and then I'll see them away. Well, you know what? It's getting to the point where, because Amazon uh, introduced their Prime Music last week, so anything that's in the catalog, which is a, a lot, I think it's like a million songs or something yeah, like that. it is. You can stream it and listen to it, and you don't have, as long as you get a Prime membership, you don't have to pay to do any of that. And uh, they'll allow you to download it onto the um, Amazon Music Player. You can't download it onto your computer, um, but you can download it onto your device. So if you want to take it with you and listen to it, you can do that. I'm kind of going. Why the hell am I holding on to this stuff? It's just taking up space. And I've tried doing it a few. Uh, I've tried running it through the tape player and then onto the computer and capturing it. And it's a lot of work. You got to snip it in the right place, and you got to I uh, put the ID three tags and everything. That's just a lot of work. And oh, just to heck with it. Throw it out. Now I'm debating <laughs> if I want to do the same thing with the cassette tapes. Um, again, same issue. Um, I still listen to my cassettes, though, so, but anyway. Yeah, and we're kind of running out of cassette players. We got a, uh, I think, yeah, we got a couple in the house, but, you know, again, most of the time it's digital I'm listening to. There would be a few I would hang on to, like the Bill Cosby tapes, and um, even though you could probably get them online, I think I would just prefer to hang on to them. But, you know, a lot of the music uh, stuff I probably maybe already have on MP3s, um, or... It wouldn't be that hard to get to, so I might get rid of them. Uh, same way with VHS tapes. There's a few we might hang on to, but for the most part, it's just so much easier to sit down to a streaming box. Yeah, no, I understand that. So, Well, and okay, so now where I'm going when it comes to games is I've been playing a lot of games on Steam. And again, that's kind of getting rid of the physical media things because you don't need a CD to play the games on Steam. Which is kind of nice, because if you travel somewhere with your laptop and you want to play a game, you don't have to lug all your blasted CDs around with you to slip. And I've, and I've, I've mentioned it before, I've taken the optical drive out of my uh, MacBook here to make room for a second hard drive, so I'd have to carry a USB uh, DVD player around so I yeah. could put my CDs in there to play them, and all you need them for is just to verify the fact that you have the damn games. Oh, I hate that. That annoys the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I've been playing Steam, and I'm not a big gamer. I almost hesitate to call myself a gamer because there's a lot of those uh, people that play Call of Duty and um, uh, Gears of War, and I don't even know what all those uh, you know, shoot 'em up games are. Um, I'm not that kind of gamer. I prefer to play things like Civilization, which is still a game, um, and... Um, uh, Tropico. Uh, basically, I kind of like playing the, the city building or the civilization building games. Yeah, I actually think... Yeah, I have Civilization. I got it in a app, one of the app bundles I bought a little while back. Uh, the game Civilization came in it for the Mac itself. Um, I haven't played it. I know the game. I just haven't played this version of it. So, Well, I've um, bought... I think, well, I know I bought every version of Civilization, starting with one and working all the way up to five, and then they have different packs to go with it. I think I bought almost every pack, uh, add-on pack they've had for it. So, yeah, I, I like Civilization. It's one of those games I like to play. Yeah. No, I understand. It is. It's a cool game. I understand that. Oh, yeah. Well, and then I found a, a game on there. Um, I think I'd heard... Um, um, Scott Johnson talking about it on um, um, 
the morning stream. Uh, he'd been he'd been playing it, and I uh, discovered it's called Banished. Um, I never heard of that one. No, it's um, from Shining Rock Software. Uh, but basically, again, it's a it's a city building game. But uh, a lot of them, they always try to you know you have to build an army, and you know and I'm just a peace loving guy. I don't want to have to build an army. <laughs> um, You'd rather acquire one through questionable means. Yeah, uh, it's just, and then you have to do the strategy and fight and all that stuff. And I would, I'm more excited about just sitting there and building a, a city. It's, it's kind of like Sim City uh, type thing. Although for some reason I just can't get in the Sim City. Uh, I don't understand that. But um, I used to really be into Sim City. I haven't played it for a long time. I should sit down and try it again. Maybe. Uh, um, maybe I could get into it again, but I do like this one. I, I more uh, more like the games like this, and then there was a bunch from uh, Sierra Online. There was um, Caesar, and there was Cleopatra. Uh, but basically, again, it was the uh, the city building game where you you know lay out your streets, but then you know you put a a food vendor there. Well, the food vendor has to get his stuff from somewhere. So you build farms and, uh, that you, you have to basically manage it and you're the one building the stuff and upgrading things and making sure everything grows the way it's supposed to. Um, but the, yeah, this one is kind of the same way this bandage game where you, um, you start out with a certain number of, um, uh, uh, settlers, I guess they've been banished from somewhere else. So they're set out there and you have a certain amount of supplies uh, of stone, wood, and iron that you can use to build things with. And then you have to start harvesting the natural resources from around you. And these people grow old. Uh, They're born and then they they grow old and eventually they die. So you kind of have to keep an eye on that because I've uh, started a couple games where I started out pretty good and then I kind of realized... Oh crap! This guy's like seventy years old and just dropped dead, and I got to have somebody to replace him. <laughs> and you know, so you got to grow your workforce. So you have to manage, uh, make sure that you know if the house is too crowded, they're not going to you know reproduce. But then you don't want to get carried away because then you're going to run out of food. So you know, it's the whole you got to manage everything. And that's the kind of game that I like to play. And I found this one. It was only like twenty bucks, which isn't too bad um, on Steam. Uh, and it's open-ended. I mean, there's no goals you have to reach. There's There was some people complaining about that, but I don't know. I'd rather just have the sandbox-type uh, game where you can just kind of go what you want and do what, uh, do it the way you want and build your own little town. You don't have to meet goals. All you, know, all you have to do is just try to make sure that people don't starve to death or you run out of supplies or whatever. Yeah, no, I, I do prefer um, the sandbox, too. That's why the Xbox... Uh, one or the Xbox 360, the Xbox One, the PS3, the PS2 never interested me because I wasn't really into playing online. I played more single player or multiplayer games within the house. Although, and I think this might have triggered Mike's idea about the talking about games, is that uh, Father's Day was this past weekend here in the United States, and uh, my kids knew knowing how much I loved the other game gave me the Mario Kart 8 game for the Wii U. And I mentioned it online. I posted a picture, and now uh, our, our mutual friend Tim Chatton, who you, who's been on the show with us before, uh, wants me to play against him. And I know how good Tim is at these games, and I want to get a little more practice in because I need to be able to get to the point where I can at least 
beat my son once in a while before I let Tim kick my butt. You know, I need to be able to beat my younger, my young son. And once I can beat him on a fair, and, and I've been trying, folks. I'm finishing second to him all the time on the Mario Kart. But he, they're out of school, so he's getting more time with the game than I am. So, so he's picking up on all the tricks and the nuances and stuff like that. So, Well, and that's why I don't play online games, because I really don't want to get my butt kicked by a seven-year-old. No, no I, I can have my, my son. Do, you know, if you, want, if you want to come down to the house, I can have my son kick your butt for you. <laughs> no, that's okay, because uh, I'm sure it's like. Like I say, a lot of the online games, it's it's the run and shoot stuff, and I'm just not that good at it, and I really don't need some snotty, you know, preteen mocking me and or you know, the fragging me to death or whatever, and I just don't need that kind of abuse. So oh, yeah, but I am enjoying playing Mario Kart Eight. If if anybody if anybody liked the original, well, any of the Mario Karts for that matter, the Mario Kart for the original Wii, I lost. I sat there and played and played and played and played that game till I got gold cups on all the circuits and then I got then it switches over and you have to run all the circuits because you learn the tracks you know and you start to figure out what to do when and where on the track well then they say switch it so you're driving the track backwards now in in the mm. reverse of the way you've been used to it and I got all the gold cups there. So I and I had played that game. I dearly loved it when we first got our Wii. Still one of my favorite games. And this just came out, I think, a month or so ago now, maybe six weeks ago. And they gave it to me, and I fired it up, and it was the graphics are truly amazing in this game. Um, mm. It could make you motion sick though if you're not careful, because you'll be driving along, and then the course will turn upside down. So it's it's really weird and stuff like that. And on a big screen television, <laughs> when you're sitting there doing it, the first couple of times I got a little weird feeling as the screen was rotating around and the anti grav mode kicked on, uh, anti gravity mode kicked on in the game. And it was, but it's cool. I mean, once you learn to deal with it, the feeling went away. And uh, but the graphics are just unbelievable. And they brought back a lot of old courses and stuff from the other versions of Mario Kart, going all the way back to. I think the NES, yeah, the Nintendo Entertainment System. So, of course, they updated them with the new modern graphics. So it's, uh, I will have to say it's it's truly amazing. And I think this weekend I'll have to spend, since it's supposed to be so hot, I'll probably have to spend some quality time <laughs> playing Mario Kart. Well, the sacrifices that you make, but... Uh... You know, it, it's these things that I feel I have to do, because then I'll play Tim, and at least maybe I can finish fourth or fifth or something like that. Not, you know, uh, uh, Out of not, two players? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will have to say, I don't mind losing in the game when I play it, if I play it by myself, or if I mean playing... If I lose to my son, I'm okay with that, or if I lose to one of my daughters, I'm okay with that. What I really hate is the character Baby Peach, because the woman, that little, you know what, cheats. I swear, <laughs> and we all swear, swear she cheats, because she'll come out of nowhere and kick your butt. And it's like, where did you come from? You were, you know, were ten, ten minutes behind me. And now all of a sudden you've caught up to me, and ah. Uh, and anytime I get a chance, I run her over. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a little road rage there. Well, actually, my whole family's that way. Baby Peach, vroom, we'll actually lose the race just to run her over. Family's togetherness. Oh my! Yes, it's 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 the way we work around here. Okay. 
Well, and, you know, the other reason I was looking at Steam, just uh, I think about a month ago, they released this new feature for it called uh, in-home streaming. Now, uh, when I took the uh, optical drive out of my Mac, I left the Windows partition on my spinning hard drive, and I put the new SSD in here. Well, I don't know what happened. Um, Boot Camp must have got confused because it wouldn't see the Windows partition there after a while. wouldn't boot into it. Um, Well, then I got frustrated, and I tried to reinstall it. And all I got when I would try to run the um, DVD to try to install is just a blank screen with a blinking cursor, and I tried different things. I just kind of got tired and frustrated. So... I'm back down to playing my uh, um, some of my PC games because not all of them will work on the Mac in Steam. you got to have it for the certain platforms. So I was back down here in the basement playing my games. Well, I do like to sit upstairs in the living room once in a while and play them. Well, then I discovered this um, streaming within Steam. So you start the, um, I think, I guess it'll work on Windows or uh, Mac right now. But basically, you run your Steam client on your one computer, in my case, the Windows computer, because that has more. That will play all the games that I got, whereas the Mac will only play a subset of some of them, whichever ones support the Mac. So if I can start the Steam client running on the Windows computer downstairs, I can go upstairs, start the Steam client there, and as long as you're on the same network and everything, it'll see all the games on your Windows PC downstairs. So then you can sit there and click on it. You can play the Windows games on your Mac. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I think basically what you're doing is, I think it's a um, an efficient form of screen sharing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's almost like using those screen sharing tools like TeamViewer yeah. or, or uh, was it Google has, uh, was it Chrome Tab? They have, not Chrome Tab, what's it called? They have a thing where if you you can use just a, a an a plug-in to the browser that lets you screen share with a computer you know across the uh, network or internet to uh, manage or work with another computer. Yeah, because I did uh, shrink the windows down and I went, oh darn, my Windows lap uh, the desktop is there. So uh, that's when I kind of feel uh, realized what they were doing there. Uh, so I've been experimenting with that. And now for the Spanish game, that works pretty good. Although I did notice a, a, a glitch or two once in a while where the cursor might jump to the other side of the screen. For that game, that's not too bad. The only other one that I've tried uh, was uh, Age of Empires. And that one seemed to have issues. When I would take the cursor all the way down to the bottom of the screen, it wouldn't scroll. So I'm having to sit there and scroll with the keys, which isn't you know terrible, but it it seemed a little uh, janky and weird, so I uh, haven't sit down to play because I've also got Portal and I've got the Tropico games on there. So I should sometimes sit down and see if uh, how well they'll work because um, it was something like um, like Age of Empires or something like that where you got to be grabbing a lot of th- people and moving around things like that. If you're it's going to be janky and not going to work too well. It's not going to be an optimal experience, so I'll have to see how it works. Well, be interested to hear more about that. It's funny, you're talking about doing that, and I'm actually going back to physical gaming as well, too. I've been looking at, uh, and I think I may have mentioned this on the show at some point, uh, I used to play a lot of the Avalon Hill games back in the, uh, uh, war games back in the 70s, I guess it was, yeah, early to mid-70s. 
And I had sold a couple of the ones I had, but going over to Board Game Geek, um, BoardGameGeek.com, uh, there is a marketplace there, and I want to teach my kids some of the basic strategy games. Yes, I know I could teach them chess, but I suck at chess. <laughs> so I don't know why I never could quite get on to chess. Um, but I think I'm going, I, I'm going to teach them to play some of those games. They're reasonably priced. I mean, I saw one of the ones I want to pick up was like 25 or 30 bucks, and it was uh, marked in good condition. And, the, you know, it's a limited community, and the seller had a high rating. So, yeah, for 25 bucks, I get an old board game, uh, and they showed pictures of it. It was in good condition. Uh, you can actually get some of them that are in new condition, but I'm not going to pay 50 and $60 for them. Uh, but I think I might do that and teach the kids that. So you're going into the electronic gaming, and I'm going back to old school from when you and I were kids. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find something here. Uh, trying to look it up online here. I'm going to drop it into Skype. It is the Civilization board game. Oh, you know, I think I've seen that. It's fairly new, isn't it? Well, I don't know about new. It's been around for a few years. Um, if I can, I just blew you up there. Uh, trying to get to the Skype chat here. <laughs> Where is? No, that's not it. That's Where am I having? Not... You could just paste it into the thing there at the bottom. At the bottom of your Skype window. This is exciting, uh, folks, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, listening to somebody who's supposed to be a geek. Try to figure nope. out. Yeah, now where'd my Skype window go? Um, I see. Oh, it. there it is. No, it's over on the wall behind you. Oh, okay. Um, you better close it before the mosquitoes come in. <laughs> I'm giving Mike a lot of shit, folks. <laughs> um, well, uh, I do Skype every week. You think I'd be able to figure this one out? Oh, I thought. Uh, I thought Julie and Jeff were the brains behind that part of it. Well, they are. Uh, <laughs> let's see. That's microphone. That's. Here we go. How about uh, instant message? There we go. There. Okay. Brain fart done. Okay. Paste. There we go. Sid uh, Meier's board game. Uh, let's. See. Oh, shoot. Don't want to do that. Let's see. I, I've seen it, um, but the thing is, I don't play board games because there's nobody for me to play games with. I have to phrase that correctly. I didn't want to say anybody to play with. That was just <laughs> so wrong. Um, but there's uh, not that many people to play board games with, so I would just buy it, and then uh, I would be the only one playing it. Well, is it one of the – I mean, there are board games that you can actually play by yourself. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I suppose you could. I mean, I I have played board games where I just played all the players. Um, that's yeah. one way to do it. Yeah, there's um, there are some some of these types of games, and I don't know without reading the details on this one, but they're meant. You know, they can be played. There's there's a, a rule set and a method to playing when you're playing solo. Now, some of them do require two or three players, so, um, you know, it just depends. But there there are games like that that you can play solo, uh, you know, by yourself. Let me see here. Since we're doing that, we'll do this. And I will give Mr. McPeak 
this here, and the listeners are loving this, that, that we're <laughs> sending uh, these things back and forth. Um, yeah, and I sent you a link. Yeah. That's a better uh, um, page for the uh, uh, Civilization board game. Where'd it go? Okay. Um, and I'm trying to, last time I checked, yeah, I think the price on it was about 60 bucks. Uh, I'm not seeing a price here. Oh, yeah, $59.95. Mm-hmm. Um, then they have expansion packs, which is like, uh, that one's $35. Looks like about $35 each. Um, if I had, you know, it'd be more fun to play with people. Um, you know, you. I don't know, of course, you don't live in a very big town, but even in the not-so-big town that I live in, there is a uh, board game company or company club that gets together periodically and plays games. Yeah, I don't know. I would have to talk to people. I'm. Uh, yeah, there's no club like that around here. I would just have to see if there'd be anybody interested in it. And but you know, I feel like. Well, I'll tell you I'm, what. If you'll drive down, I'll fix your burger. We'll play. <laughs> cool. Yeah, we'll just do that once a week or something like that. That won't get expensive at all. No, that won't be a problem at all. Not not in the least little bit. <laughs> and I remember seeing a lot of these uh, games. Um, let's see. I'm trying to look at this one here. I'm assuming a, uh, a lot of these are hexadecimal or hexagon games. Yeah, most of them are. Yeah, because some of the games that I used to like to play, maybe I mentioned before, is we used to play uh, the Battle of Gettysburg. Um, There was one, uh, what was it called? Terrible Swift Sword. I never played it, but I had some friends that did. That game was huge. The board, when you put out all the map sheets together, I think was eight feet by four feet or something like that. It sounds like a war room uh Oh, yeah, uh, almost like a war room simula- simula- uh, simulation. I can't speak. But um, but anyway, yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's interesting. And summer's a good time to play. I mean, most people think of playing games in the winter, but, you know, it's it's a nice time because if it gets too hot outside or something like that, you can come in and, you know, play a game, relax, and go back outside if you want to go back out. So it gives you a chance to come in and cool off. I mean, we used to play the board games a lot when I was a kid, and we played them during the summer because we we could play for a few hours and we could leave them set up. You know, it wasn't in the way usually, and then go out and do something, ride our bikes, terrorize the neighborhood. You know, try to blow up things with the fire illegal fireworks we had or whatever. Well, then, there, come in, cool off, and play a game. You know. Well, there was a time um, that we were playing board games um, when I was a teenager and I, I think i mentioned it before there's a big gap between me and the rest of my family but when they would come home for christmas uh we would sit down we'd play a bunch of board games and we've got them all here but we haven't played them in a while um and we had uh scotland yard was one that i kind of like to play you kind of you know, we were playing sherlock holmes i don't mean remember exactly it's been so long i don't remember how you played the game now but we had the standards we had um uh the game of life um, oh, don't play the new board game version of the Game of Life. They changed the rules, and it sucks ass. What, did they didn't want any losers? Is that the thing? Or I don't know. I, I, the kids got it a few a couple years ago for Christmas, and we tried to play it, and my wife and I are both going, this isn't how this game used to be. I mean, because I still have mine from, like, 
1970 or 71, whenever the crap I got it for Christmas one year, and I was like, one of the big gifts, but I wanted it. Um, but they changed the the way things go, and, and they just took some of the, to me, they took some of the fun out of the game. Mm. Because they rewrote the rules and changed, I mean, the basic premise of the game is the same, but it just sucks. I don't like they because the kids have played both now. And they like the old version better than like the new version. Mm, so. Well, um, yeah, we got all those. And you were mentioning that site. Do they? Can you sell board games there? Yeah, you can sell them. board game. Huh. You, can, you can sell them. You can. You have to register and become a. You know, I don't think it costs anything, uh, but you can register and sell games through there too. That might be an idea because we just don't play these games and we never really played them with the kids too much. And they're sitting back there and like I said, I'm trying to get rid of uh, gunk in the house here. Stuff that we just don't need. Um, and might, might be a way to get rid of them. Yeah, I might uh, I, I might consider that. I'm also thinking there's a, uh, um, a citywide uh, Facebook rummage pale page uh Rummage sale page. There we go. That's what I'm trying to come up with. That you can list things on, and then people can make offers or whatever. Um, well, there's always eBay. Yeah, I've just never done much with eBay. I just, I don't know. Um, I haven't either. I'm not. I'm by far not the person that uh, that would be the expert at that. But um, I mean, there's that. But yeah, you could probably you probably do better on something like this, like Board Game Geek. Um, and and for the listeners out there, you know, just kind of a look, you know, for for the uh, more mature listeners, uh, I'll put it that way, uh, not the old farts like me and Mike. You might find a few board games from your past or parents' games that your parents used to play, and you know, you can look at them. They have a lot of great images of the games. You can see the game parts and you know what you're getting into before you start to play a game or something like that. Yeah, I, I remember. I used to have a lot of fun playing board games, but uh, you know, I say when you just don't have any, uh, when you don't have enough players, or you know, and some of it took a while to learn the game rules of the game. Uh, one thing I do remember us doing after we got married, we go to the, my uh, in-laws and we would play um, Uno a lot. Yeah, we love to play Uno. Uh, and I, for Easter, I got the the game Skip Bow, which is by the same people. Oh yeah, we used to play that one too. Uh, I like. I you know something else I've noticed about games recently is like uh, Monopoly, Clue. You know, God, we're sounding old. Um, we are, but those have now come out as card games. The rules are slightly different. The basic premise of the game is the same, but uh, the kids have been playing Clue, the card game, and they like that. It's it's a little bit faster pace than the original Clue game was. You know, the board game itself. And they really seem to enjoy the the those. And I've also introduced them to the game Munchkin, which is a card game too. Card games are very popular nowadays. Yeah, um, and I was trying to remember. We played Uno. We played Skipbo, um, and that company put out a few others. I was trying to remember what they all were because there was one. Uh, there was Skipbo. And again, I don't remember the rules for that one. Then there was another one that we played, and it was just seemed like we kind of gave up on it because the rules were so hard. It wasn't quite like, you know, if the month had an R in it, then you could do something or another. It it wasn't that bad, but it had some weird rules. Um, 
Well, you know, one that my sister got years ago, I remember her getting for Christmas, was a game, I think it was uh, called, it's a, based on a French game, or it is a French game, it's called Mealsburn or Milesborn or something like that. I can't. Millborn. Millborn, thank you. I just showed my ignorance because I can't speak any other language besides English and a little bit of German. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I used to like to play that, but that had some fairly complex rules too, as I remember it. Or maybe it was because I was a kid and I thought it was complex. Um, well, you had mile. I've played it a few times. Yeah, and again, I don't quite uh, remember it, but. Um, yeah, you had mile markers and uh, points flat. you had to get. You could throw flat tires on people. I remember that, or and and you could wreck them and have or something. I, I can't remember everything about the game. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm drawing a blank too, and I'm trying to look up. Uno. They, well, they still make it. Oh they, yeah, the, but it, I looked at it. The game is god awful expensive for a card game. I think it's like forty dollars or something. Wow. Like, um, I don't remember it being that expensive when we uh, bought it. Yeah, I, I was like, ah, that's just too much money for a card game. And I'm trying to find, uh, I see, something that lists the other games from Uno. Because um, I know whoever, whichever, was a Hasbro that makes Uno? Well, wait a minute, I've got my Skipbo deck right here. I could look. Okay. Um, it is, and of course the listeners are loving hearing me bang crap around <laughs> on my desk here. Um, let's see. It is Mattel. It says Mattel Games. Okay. Mattel, they own everything, so. Yeah, they. Skip bowl. Yeah, I do remember playing. It's, oh. a, lot of, it's a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. Um. Yeah, now I'm having one of those old, old fart. Um, yeah, and then I, I got a pop over. Oh, wait, no, I don't want Barbie. No. What did I do? Admit it. You know you used to play Mystery Date and you loved it. <laughs> hey, we just threw Ken out. <laughs> Ken was getting old and straggly. Oh, it was funny the other day my kid saw, um, I still have my G.I. Joe. I won't get rid of him because he's, he's old as the freaking hills. Um, I got him when I was like four or five years old. <laughs> He's so old that um, he was the painted on hair version. He didn't even have the the fake Velcro like hair that they put on him a few years later. Oh boy, that is that is old. Well, he stamped on his butt uh, tra- uh, copyright nineteen sixty four. Why are you looking at GI Joe's butt? It's something to look at. <laughs> Kevin. You want me to go get him so you can see his butt? No, no. I don't want to see G.I. Joe's butt. Okay. Well, I, I want to see Barbie's butt. Uh, yeah. mm. Barbie. I used to have G.I. Joe would kick, beat Ken's ass and then take Barbie away from him. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember playing games like that. So Yeah. Well, I think at that point we've kind of devolved down to the, where we ought to let the listeners get back to uh, their regular scheduled life. Uh, instead of listening to us. Um, I do want to make mention of one more thing, though, before we go. I mean, you'll notice that uh, we, we've been alternating between Mike and uh, Mark, and this is going to be more of a regular thing. Mike's going to be semi-regular on the show with us, and uh, I'm, I'm happy that he's going to do it. He and I always have a lot of fun chatting and talking, and you know, it gives us a, a different creative outlet. So uh, 
yeah, you'll, you'll, you, I mean, Mark is still going to be on the show. Don't, don't think that he won't be. We will eventually, yes, Dorothy, we will eventually get to that three-way that you've been asking for. Uh, we'll try to make it happen as soon as we can, but with Mark's busy schedule and my schedule, it's even tough for Mark and I to sync up at times. And Mike is always very kind to jump in and help out. So we've decided to make it semi-official that Mike will be a uh, uh, another one of the co-hosts and a semi-regular on the geekiest show ever. I always like being semi-regular. So it always helps. Oh, eat, yes. more, eat prunes and you'll become fully regular. So there you go. I was going to say somewhat metamucil, but you beat me to it. So. Okay, well, that's good. So, Mike, uh, just in case the listeners don't know, can you tell them where they can find out more about you? Yeah, um, I uh, do the uh, Sci-Fi Tech Talk podcast with uh, Julie Keel and Jeff Sire, and we're kind of taking this week off. Uh, Julie, well, they're both traveling, and uh, Julie's having some computer woes, but uh, I think think uh i gotta talk to her but i think next monday we'll do something and maybe we'll just do it we haven't done a theme show in a while um and the nice thing about doing a theme show you don't have to sit down and watch a movie or read a book we can just kind of come up with uh we can just you know basically bs for you know about an hour uh so we might do something like that but we'll try to get something out this week and and jeff's over in london uh doing some traveling so uh we'll, we'll we're gonna try and get something out but uh if you want to listen to that, you can find us at uh, scifitechtalk.com. And if you, um, you want to listen to any of the things that I uh, post online, I have a Twitter account at DSC Chipman. And then I have an about.me account at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. Thank you, Mike. Uh, if you want to find out more about me uh, or more about the show, I should say, you can always head over to geekiestshowever.com. Uh, leave us some feedback, comments. Uh, write us a review in iTunes. We would like to have that. Uh, but if you want to find out more about me, I'm usually on Twitter. I hang out as uh, twitter.com forward slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. Uh, and, yes, I am trying to corner the market on the underscores. And uh, if Mark gets them, they're overscores. That one's for you, Dorothy. Um, but... Uh, uh, you can find me there, or you can always go over to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder and uh, see anything else that I might link to. So uh, I want to thank you all for listening and enduring uh, the show. Uh, maybe enduring is not the appropriate word, but at least having a listen. And uh, we'll catch you back here next week. And please, please remember, between now and next week, don't forget to hug a geek. Definitely not Mark, though. Have a good one, folks. Hey, guy, there's a new podcast out. Great. What's it about? Let's Talk Apple. Well, yeah, we will. We will. But uh, what's the podcast called? Let's Talk Apple. <sighs> okay, if you want to. Uh, Rainier, Silken, Gold Rush, Pippin. What are you on about? I'm talking Apple. Huh? That's what you wanted, wasn't it? Us talking about apples? Well, there we go again. Tangentially, as usual, moving off topic. Did you know Bart Bouchotts has a new podcast out? Yep. Let's Talk Apple. Oh, jeez.